Hello! My name is Christina, and thank you for checking into the Humphrey Widow Seas. This is a podcast where a guest and I talk about our original characters, the good, the bad, and the self-inserts. And today, our guest is Reed. How are you doing today? Pretty good today, Christina. Uh, I'm glad to be here. This is going to be fun. As I told you earlier, this is something I've listened to a few times, and I'm excited to be on here and talk about OCs, because I do that a lot, regular times. That's extremely valid, and you have come to the right place. <laughs> so, who are we here to talk about today, Reed? Uh, we are here to talk about a character who is very close to my heart, and one of the things I want to talk about eventually today is uh, the sort of evolution in OCD an OC can go through, but uh, my, probably the easiest identifier and most constant is hot air balloonist uh, Mira Walkie. Okay. And you said Mira, right? Yeah, Mira, yes. Okay. I'm writing down the pronunciations so that I say her name correctly. <laughs> yeah, 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 like Mira, but uh, but it's saying with some sort of accent. Mira, there, there you go. Okay, cool. Now, you said that she is an OC from uh, Duncan Ropa, right? Yeah, uh, Mira is from the Danganronpa, or she she's from, okay, I, I want to, can I start with sort of like a, a, a preface as to exactly what her setting is? Uh, yes, in fact, I would appreciate that because I am only vaguely aware of what uh, Danganronpa is, mm-hmm. so I, I would appreciate context. Yeah, okay. I'd appreciate so- a summary. <laughs> There is a lot of context here, and I'm going to do my best to be succinct, but Danganronpa itself is uh, their visual novels sort of in the deal or style of a Phoenix Wright game. They're murder mysteries, sort of like a, a battle royale thing, where it's a typical, like, usually 18 students are trapped in a school setting, sometimes it's an island, sometimes it's another school. When you get to RP, it's sometimes a lot of things, but it's typical setup. It's like, hey, kids got told, kids get told, hey, you got to get out of here, got to kill each other. That's not something I'm going to be focusing on because it's actually the format, which is interesting. Preach. But yeah, no, uh, the basic setup is people have to kill each other. Each chapter, there's someone who falls and someone who did it, and it's sort of just like setting up a, uh, just like setting up the murder mystery of who did it. Finding out uh, who the killer was, why they did it, and usually, and then that character gets taken out in their own way, and that sort of goes down as you go through the list of the characters, and it gets smaller and smaller, and then eventually you have like five or six people left, and you have to find out who actually did the thing. Mm-hmm. And the thing I, I really like about uh, the community, at least this side, is Dongan Rampa is a very en- enticing formula for OCRP because the way the games I do that a lot of people do is uh it's application based so it's mm-hmm. normally like uh it's up to usually sometimes 16 people with mod OCs but it's people like oh writing writing the histories of their characters like full on being like this is their backstory this is their personality and so you actually okay. go through yeah you, you're like okay what characters sort of balance well against each other and the thing that's yeah. most enticing is that, yeah, it's it's basically like, yeah, you can set up, you can be like, okay, do I want this character to be someone I want to go through the whole game? Or do I want to, mm-hmm. like, they call it casing, do I want to, like, case with them and take them out earlier? And it's just really yeah. fun because it's it's a dynamic setting where characters, they aren't entering, but they're leaving sort of constantly. And it's just really interesting to play in the setting of like, okay, this character's friends with this person. Are they actually going to be here next chapter? Are they going to mm-hmm. leave? Are they going to be here at the very end? Yeah, yeah, I get that. It's it's very interesting to hear about a series or a, a series in which uh in which the context of uh role play and fanfic and stuff is it's interesting to hear that uh that Duncan Rumpa is so front loaded when it comes to that. Yeah. Um, cuz yeah, you know it, like it definitely is. You you know the trope of, you know, like I showed up for this. I showed up for this event with uh, five minutes of character reflection in the car on the way over, and then there's people who you know show up with. I have my character's entire tragic backstory written, and I would love to recite it for you. Yeah, no. It, it, to give you a reference, like uh, the, the first few backstories, not backstories, but applications, which contain everything like personality. Uh, there's usually responses to like interview questions to see how they talk. There's prompts. There's mm-hmm. backstory. My first application for Mirror was around like twelve thousand words. Oh my! And I will say, and uh, and that that's not even the upper echelon of like some people like write like the longest I've ever written is like eighteen thousand or something. But no, like that's that is definitely up there. Sometimes people like average is sometimes around like six or seven thousand words. But no, like that's what's really interesting about Rampa RP. 
is that it's people being like, no, here's a character I have a really good idea of. And you're still able to sort of take them and change them. But it's basically being like, here's a pitch because it's people you don't know. Like it's, it's applications. It's sometimes people you've never heard of. And you have to like sort of vibe, be like, what sort of character is this? How would they interact with Mm -hmm. others? And yeah, it's, it's a really interesting setting for me because I like just people who have a really good idea of the character already being like, okay. And, and it's written RP being like, okay, let's throw all these characters together and see how they do it. And again, and, that, and that's what I meant when I was talking about the not really caring what Rampa RP is about. And most people sort of agree that yeah, there's some people who are like, who are, you know, everyone likes making their OC sad. That's the thing a lot of people can relate to, but yes, I, I, but a lot of people like me are mostly just like, no, I just like having this setting where I can sort of, throw these characters together and have like different physical areas they can go through and have like a large number of people who are sort of going through development. And that's, what's really interesting Mm -hmm. for me because I like just having that. I'm like, yeah, I don't want a case. I just want to be around to talk to people and continue to get that development. And I know, and that's the same with like a good number of my personal friends there who just yeah like to make characters to interact with each other. That's what's interesting about the format as compared to the content. Okay. So, out, out of curiosity, since you mentioned that you've written 12,000 words, 18,000 words for your uh, for your application oh um, at various times for RP and stuff, is 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 Ronpa um, something that encourages, I guess I could call it like character development by discovery? Like, is it the kind of, is it the kind of environment and the kind of setting both, you know, in like the, the RP itself and also in like the in-universe, like setting of the world that encourages players to like leave unknowns in their backstory then to be discovered? Or is it one more so along the lines of like, I am going to give the, I'm going to give the moderators every single relevant piece of information, my character's entire backstory here you go. That is a very interesting and relevant question because it actually sort of depends sometimes on the game, but otherwise the setting. Like sometimes okay. There, okay. there's basically, there's two major communities. Uh, there is a community that is based on Discord and there's a community that is based on Tumblr. There are similarities and differences, but one of the major ones okay. is that Tumblr really sort of does emphasize and put a lot of value in the sort of... Uh, yeah, development by discovery. Sometimes, t- like Tumblr apps, okay. sometimes the idea of having a shorter app that you will sort of fill out more as you play through the experience as to where sometimes Discord will be people like me who's like, I have 15,000 words. And sometimes I'll still <laughs> go on and be like, I'm still going to come up with things in the, in the middle of stories. Like in one mm-hmm. of my first games, I had something that I came up midway through. But yeah, no, there, there's definitely certain settings, certain people to where it's fun to be like, I sort of have this framework, but I want to fill this out as I play through the game. Interesting. Okay. And truthfully, I wasn't aware that uh, RP was still a thing that people did on Tumblr. So good for them. Keep on keeping on. Yeah, no, there, there's a community there. Like, like, there's a, like, there's a legitimate literate RP and people aren't writing like, yeah, people aren't writing like 10,000 word responses to each other. But no, people like mm-hmm. do like, yeah, good multi paragraphs. I've had threads with people where we've gotten up to like, writing short fanfic responses to each other once a day. Nice. So is so is Mira then a character from from a Tumblr RP or from a like Discord RP or both? She is from a Discord game, which was sort of like very. It got very popular because it had some very high quality animations because the art team behind it was putting a lot into it. So it was just able to sort of gain a lot of attention. So you say art team in the sense of like. Was was this something that then was like, was this particular RP uh, something that was made with the intent of like content creation? Or was it something along the lines of like, the people who were involved in the RP, like made, made art for the for the sake of portraying their fun experiences they had, and then it just got real, real viral real quickly. Uh, So this is another fun thing about Rampa RP. So uh, art is sort of like most games have it. Some don't if they just want to sort of like focus on the storytelling. But a a general sort of not expected, but a part that a lot of games have is art usually during like cases for key moments. 
So it's just sort of a thing that most games have. Usually it's people do like a few art pieces for a case. But some games will actually have people who are eventually using this for portfolios and stuff will do like full on sort of animations. And that was like sort of the, the things that they would come up with. And it was just, yeah, it, 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 it's very much a thing where basically you want to get people to apply your game. And sometimes okay. people, yeah, they just like putting in the extra effort of uh, having a good product. And when you have a product that looks like really, really flashy, they're going to look at mm-hmm. that. And they're going to be like, oh, this, this game has my attention then. And there's some people who like only apply for art, which is a very negative thing that everyone's always like, don't just apply to get free art. But it's, yeah, certain games definitely have extremely high production values for fan for fan stuff. I can show you some stuff at some point. It's it's impressive, Christina. It's, it's, it's wild, really. It's really <laughs> wild. Uh, as someone who uh, has made uh, anim- who has made animatics for uh, <laughs> for podcasts, I can completely relate to that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and most people aren't doing full animatics because, again, as you can relate to, it is a lot of work. But when people mm-hmm. do some of these, pre- yeah, be it like be it like uh, introduction videos or be it full case set pieces, it's mm-hmm. interesting. It's extremely impressive. Yeah, because I mean, it's I mean, it's like anything. If it's something that you are interested in and invested in, then you know you're gonna have a good time doing it. And mm-hmm. <laughs> being invested in the artwork or the creative works that you make automatically makes them better, in my opinion, at least. Yeah, and and yeah, and it's just also fun to see it visually represented as well. Yeah. So what um, what other kind of setup do we need to be aware of before we talk about Mira? Um, I, I, I think that's basically it. It's just, yeah, Rampa is a setup where it's pretty much like, uh, yeah, it's case by case. There's a few characters who leave his chapter. Uh, people die and again, not the focus, but that is something that happens. But yeah, th- that's basically mm-hmm. the setup for Rampa RP. And now I can talk about her much more sort of generally. Okay. So, uh, where would you like to start then, Reed? Would you like to start with Mira's in-character biography or with how you came up with her as a character? Um, that's a good idea. Uh, th- that's a good question. I mean, uh, I-, I think I can sort of start with a letter. Mira came up uh, as someone I was actually creating for a set of characters when I was doing sort of my own independent Danganronpa thing. And I was making out a cast. And it was okay. basically the, the idea that was sort of fun is as I'm building this cast, what sort of characters do I need? Like what, what ideas, what concepts, what archetypes? So one of them mm-hmm. was obviously, all right, I need someone who's mean. I need someone who's a jerk. And I was like, how do I want to do that? And yeah. she's very much a character to where she evolved over time from her. Because initially she was like just one of 16 characters that I had for like, mm-hmm. uh, it was a tabletop sort of thing I was running. That's a very large stable. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So everyone so act, everyone only had like so much known about them at first. I, I had written like a page of backstory for each of them. Mm-hmm. But uh, since then, Mirror's fun because her development sort of happened in like four main portions when I was writing apps for her. And the okay. current version is, uh, <laughs> it's very funny because it's actually something... Uh, I was riding my bike, I was going to work, and it was actually, it was an episode of uh, Pokemon World Tour United that gave me the idea for what she was particularly going to be able to do. Okay, yeah, one more thing nice. that's important about Danganronpa. Uh, okay. So, uh, Danganronpa traditionally is, it's very focused on characters with talents, which is another okay. reason that it's very enticing for people to write OCs for, because it's the idea of someone who's recognized for one thing, and people are like, hey, this person is really good at that one thing. And it'll be mm-hmm. everything from, like, stuff in the canon where it'll do stuff like, oh, a baseball player, or uh, idol, or uh, a lucky whiz. student, someone who's really, like, yeah. And and then when you get into uh, the fandom stuff, people get really specific in a fun way. Like, uh, a friend mm-hmm. of mine, someone has a Disney bounder, which is like, Disney bounding is something, yeah. yeah, where you dress up as a character from Disney parks, but not close enough for them to actually yell at you because you're not allowed to dress up as a Disney character if you don't work for Disney, or... It'll be mm-hmm. someone like uh, Orokoshi, who works for, like, uh, Maiden Houses, or it'll be something like uh, like a toy maker. And in Mira's case, I was listening to an episode where they were having a hot air balloon festival, and I was like, you know what, it'd be fun to do someone who's a hot air balloonist. And Yeah, yeah I totally agree with that. Also, great inspiration. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. Like, I, I thought back, and I was like, it was literally just that episode. So I'll say Mira's main thing is that she's a treasure hunter. Uh, sometimes it's out mm-hmm. in the open, sometimes it's not. 
but she's she's very swashbuckling. Just yeah, just sort of general like treasure hunter. Sometimes a treasure thief. Uh, depends if it's doing the phantom theme, phantom thief thing or not. She's mean. She just likes to get treasure for herself. So I was, I had the idea of uh, hot air balloonist after listening to that episode because I was like, it's it's mm-hmm. a very fun sort of cover because it's a very specific thing that not a lot of people know about in terms of if you ask someone what they know about hot air balloon, they'd be like, yeah, like they, they get in the basket and they pull the thing and it blasts the air and you go up. And particularly for uh, doing in, and particularly for treasure hunting, it was interesting. Cause I'm like, that's just like a, a fun visual of someone taking a hot air balloon to like the mountains and jumping yeah. down with a parachute. So Mira also, yeah. also because it's a very, it's a, it, it's not a very subtle way to travel. Yeah, no, and 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 that's and 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 that's very much one of the things that I like about Mira in general. She's not a subtle character, so hot air ballooning was sort of something that fit very well for her in that vein. That she's just like, yeah, she, she's very loud. She doesn't mind people knowing she's there. So it's like she's gonna take a hot air balloon to go to some ruins, and if someone notices mm-hmm. there, she's just gonna. She's just going to ignore him and tell him to get lost and not worry about it because she's not a very nice person. Okay, okay. So, um, something that I, I may or may not have missed is what is the context for Mira's game of Rampa? Is it, is it that she has been placed in this scenario? Was she recruited, or is she? Did she just kind of? show up and say hello i am here uh so so the, the the scenario for her game was it was basically everyone was uh they were signed up to to do a test it, it took place in vr so they were like hey you, you won this test you get to uh go into and test this vr system gotcha okay and it was a bunch of students from hope's peak which is uh it's the talent school that rampa scenarios usually take place around okay okay actually going to start from the beginning now as people do mira was raised with two moms in seattle and she was someone who basically she sort of got this snooty attitude when she was growing up because she's just very very confident in, in, in what she was capable of she was a very physical person she liked watching movies with femme fatales she liked watching stuff like uh indiana mm-hmm. jones she was someone who's like i can be this one thing particularly because that wasn't something she got in their parents because uh her her, her moms were business women and uh, okay, one note okay. i have written down is that like because i grew up with people like in college who just people who don't know how to cook an egg and that's fine. Mm-hmm. Some people don't know. But she was like, my moms don't even know how to cook an egg. That's ridiculous. So she sort of had this resentment for her parents that didn't come from anything serious. But it was just the idea of, I have to prove I'm the best. I'm really good at what I do. And so they did a lot of travels when she was young. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and her main thing was just basically one one day they were, uh, like, went to Latin America. And she sort of got lost. She got separated from her parents. And she was like, you know what? I'm going to look around and see what there is. And she just sort of goes through the jungle. <laughs> she, she finds a temple. She doesn't go there. But she's just sort of exploring. And she's looking around. And she realizes, you know what? I'm good at this. This is fun. And it's also sort of a way for her to, like, live out the ideas of, like, Laura Crofts in her head. Nathan Drake. All those characters. Except for the fact mm-hmm. that she's mean. But she's like, okay. I'm going to kind of do this. And so as she goes through her life, she just sort of continues, like doing what she likes which is normally treasure hunting she doesn't like being bothered by people uh okay but she's also extremely confident and arrogant at times which means if someone like asks her hey do you know where cool temple is she's like okay i'll show you and she'll take them there and then she'll leave them there not a problem if they get back like she's very much like if someone's gonna bother me like i'm gonna i'm i'm gonna show them what they want i'm not gonna help them get back that's just sort of my thing so okay, she, okay, she, yeah. So she very much likes going around the world, getting all these things for herself normally, and then eventually mm-hmm. she she has this thing that sort of develops to where she's like, I'm gonna donate these uh, things I found around the world to museums, but only if I don't think they're jerks. Because again, she has a very like, she, she's very much about hard work, even though her hard work is literally like stealing treasure from around the world. So she'll okay. donate, but her thing is basically she doesn't. She hates people who don't see the value in things, despite her not seeing the value in anything. She's a a very large hypocrite, but, like, she'll donate something to a museum, but, like, if they don't, 
uh, understand it or if they don't like have a lot of its history written down or if they just sort of want it because it's flashy, that will make her Mm -hmm. angry and then she will steal it back and then she will keep it in her room. Okay, interesting. Because I I was going to ask whether, like, whether Mira's character motivation for stealing everything was for the purposes of like personal wealth or if it was because she just likes to to steal things but no it's because she she is it because she enjoys like the 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 chase of of recovering artifacts and stuff and treasure yeah it's it's very specifically it's not about wealth because she actually hates money like again hypocrite sells your user parents credit card but she's like i don't want money Mm -hmm. i don't want to get paid for doing this but yeah for her it's the chase and she just likes physically proving that hey this treasure has been here for like a hundred years no one else found it but me it's very much an ego thing okay okay like i want to prove that i'm capable and also it's fun and then she has the hot air ballooning thing as a cover because she's like if there's more people who knew I did this, they would bother me. And then that's more people I have to leave behind at temples. <laughs> okay, okay. So how did she get into hot air ballooning? How did she become a balloonist? Uh, she was visiting someone in uh, Latin America. It was the same trip. She met another character of mine named uh, Frankie Camacho. It was basically someone who Mira really liked because she's this very gruff and straightforward woman. Like, she's sort of, like, Goku-inspired in that way of, like, someone who just has one thing in her mind. And Mm -hmm. so, uh, this lady, Frankie Camacho, she's a teacher. And, uh, she sort of, like, taught hot air ballooning. And to Mira, it was another thing where it was sort of an ego challenge. Because she was, like, she'd seen all these, uh, movies when she was young. She'd seen stuff like Indiana Jones. She'd played Mm -hmm. stuff like Laura Croft. And so she was just very much aware of temples and, like, of sort of, like, the typical places that you see people find treasure in movies and she was like she just had this idea of it would be cool to be able to look down sort of on people in general but also these locations so she saw hot air ballooning and she was just like this is really interesting no one else can do this (laughs) i'm special if i do this and so she just sort of uh, had uh frankie teach her how to do it and yeah and just eventually it became a practical thing too where it just be like this is the most useful way to do what i want and her parents are just like her moms are like yeah it's mirror she, she she likes doing her hot air balloon and she's got her her, her jacket and her goggles it's it's, it's <laughs> like they're very unaware that she's like hoarding treasure in her room they're they don't really pay attention because they're like, she's great. We're unaware of the fact that she doesn't like us that much. And she doesn't like hate, hate her parents. It's just a very like childish thing, even as an adult of how some people are. They're like, nope, I'm going to stick in my roots about this. Okay. That that's that brings us to an interesting point, which is since Ronpa RP, it sounds like, is usually for people that are around school age. How mm-hmm. old is she? Uh, Mira's 19. Okay, okay. And that brings up another thing that uh, I like about Rampa RP is it is for people who are school age, but it's also in the way that like a lot of time anime characters have nothing to do with the age that they actually sort of sort of are. They're not really like at least in theme. Yeah, like, yeah. She could. She's nineteen because that's what the setting needs her to be. There's also times where like she's been older, like she's been in her mid twenties. Like she has the personality and like experience of someone in her mid twenties, but it's in the way that mm-hmm. anime is like. People are capable of doing whatever they need to be, but they need to be teenagers. Yes, exactly. Yeah, mirrors someone who, like, I, I, I think sometimes I'm like, what is she, what is she like more when she develops older in life? And one of the things yeah. I like about Mirror is that I'm like, I don't think it, 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 it's a hot topic, and it, it goes around Tumblr, goes around everything. Is the fact that like, I don't think all like mean characters need redemption. Like, mm-hmm. definitely some of them can, but for me, just, I like the idea of Mira being someone who, I, I, I really like the idea of flat character arcs, which is, like, the actual term and is also as literal as it sounds, which is the basic idea of, like, a character who doesn't necessarily develop, but that's kind of the point. And, like, Mira did develop in her main setting, but she's not, like, someone who's going to be like, I regret being a jerk. I'm going to help tourists now. She's like, no, I'm still going to bully tourists sometimes, but I, I'm... Yeah, she's like, I can be slightly more aware about who I am, but she's not someone who's going to completely change 
her life mm-hmm. route around. She's not like, I'm going to be a hero now. She's like, no, I'm still going to steal things because it's fun for me. And I, I like that in characters because, of course, there's so much value in redemption arcs. I love redemption mm-hmm. arcs. Some of the best characters yeah. that written have had redemption arcs. But it's interesting for me to just see someone who's a jerk and, like, th- they don't have, like, a moment of going, I've been wrong. They're just like, no, I'm great. This is going to keep going my way. <laughs> Yeah, I totally get that. Mm-hmm. There was uh, one of again uh, one of the things I really like about Rampa RP is that it's co- it's a collaborative process. So there was uh, a friend of mine's character who was a garbage collector, uh, which is I can show you an image of them. Okay, so good idea. But yeah, like so, like that's their thing. And right off the bat, to me, Wait, I'm like, hold on. garbage collector, as in like. Like a found object artist, or like literally someone who works for a trash disposal company. Uh no, I, 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 I sort of half and half. Yams like sort of half and half. Like yeah, no, basically okay. like, they like trash, but yeah, they, they're sort of a collector. But they will also like they'll pick up trash at the park. They'll get rid of it all. They'll throw it into bags. So for me, this was very interesting because knowing who Mira is. This is one of the reasons I like getting into a game, because you can just look and you can instantly be like, I want to talk to that person. I want to see how that dynamic goes. Okay, okay. And it went very interesting because it was a thing that I didn't understand about Mira, and it was something that I sort of understood the value she sees in people, which is what I'm talking about before, is that with her, yeah, people understanding the value of something is very important to her, but at the same time, she doesn't like trash, because she's like, oh, I like fancy things. But so when she met someone who was like, no, trash is the most important thing because no one else cares about it. Someone has to sort of take care of this stuff. I can see the value in just mm-hmm. like a broken bottle. That instantly was a connection that both of us were fascinated in. In that mirror, she's suddenly like sympathetic to this person who's literally like going around c- c- collecting trash and like mm-hmm. picking up a bottle because she's like, I've never seen anyone be interested in that before because almost to her it's like now it isn't trash because it, it it's something that no one thought had value but there's someone that sees value in it so even though this is mm-hmm. a very sort of skittish nervous person she's like no you know what this this is interesting this is someone worth talking to and that was just like that's what's fun because you don't expect you're going to see that side mm-hmm. of a character and again even i thought it was just going to be like she was just going to be bullying them but no it's like very soon they sort of started building this legitimate connection and it was really interesting to realize yeah. that in a way for me that Mira, she still sort of had a flat arc but it was like no this is someone like she wants to protect this is someone she cares about and that was something i again i explicitly wrote in her her app i was like this is not someone i think is ever going to develop so just yeah. it was really interesting to play her off that person with my friend and that was sort of like how we became friends too, because we just had nice. this dynamic that we were writing and like, yeah. And like, she gave me some art of them for uh, Christmas. Like we still do cute chip art. I wrote like a drabble of the two of them together. And this was something that was in the summer of 2019. So it's mm-hmm. still fun to be like, this is one of the reasons we're friends. Nice. So would you like to then talk, read about, kind of Mira's character arc in because I you kind of mentioned it before as it was more yes. of like a flat thing. Yeah. Um would you like to kind of describe like what what kind of a journey she went on? Absolutely. So N- Mira was sort of it was a journey of self-confidence of being like I know the way I am is great, but realizing basically that she didn't always have to go outwardly antagonizing people. It, it was pretty much it's it's okay, a very cliche okay. thing. But it was just like, she sort of saw value in people more. Like, she's still a jerk. She's still going to sort of challenge people right off the bat. But it was her realizing, like, that there was a lot of characters she met that uh, really sort of, that she liked. That she was like, you know, these are people that I could actually call friends. It's a very simple thing. But she didn't really have a lot of friends before because she's like, I'm going to sort of (laughs) use people. Like, they're tools. Yeah, it's sort of like, they're not even tools. It's more just like their opportunities but it was a, a basic thing that was, yeah, sort of just the idea of I have friends, but it was more of realizing that, like, I don't always have to fight people. And that's sort of okay. what it was. It was realizing, like, there were other, like, you can just literally have a simple conversation with someone, and that can be just as good as, like, 
running up to mm-hmm. them and like yelling in their face. And there was actually times where like there'd be people she legitimately cared about and got like really, really upset when they were gone because she realized like I sort of had like a rivalry with people. Like she never even really had rivalries before either because she was someone who, yeah, either friends or enemies. She was like, I'm just going to do what I need for myself. But she'd have people okay. to where they're gone. She's legitimately <laughs> upset and like condemning people. And that's interesting for me because I'm like, I didn't think Mira would be someone who would be able to get that pissed about justice before, especially because, again, she's mean and she leaves people mm-hmm. in ruins. So it was just really interesting for me to go, she's angry about this. There yeah. was, uh, <laughs> Mira yes. learns to care about people. Yeah, exactly. Like, uh, there was a, a friend of hers who basically sort of had, like, very, not confidence, but was very much like, I am just here to sort of do a job and help other people. And she was mad about this person's, like, the way that they saw themselves. She was like, you have value. Like, why are you just going around not even, like, letting people walk all over you, but, like, why aren't you seeing the value in who you are? Make these choices for yourself. And <laughs> there's just, oh, there's very funny moments to, like, the last moment before a character left at some point was, like, it, it was, like, it, it was a meme something. Like, they're having a, a very silly, like, they, they were dancing, and, like, she was talking about cows. And this is, like, the last conversation this person had before mm-hmm. they left the game. And it was something else Aww. where Mirror was, like, I want to find out who did this. And then it turned out that uh, the person behind the game was Yam, the garbage collector. And that was very interesting. Okay. Because it's her dealing with, I'm sort of this mean, evil person at times, but realizing that this person she sympathized with and cared about was the person who put this entire game together was very like again if anything that was what sort of pushed her confidence in because that was me going that was her going i understand who you are obviously this is a huge mess but i know you had your reasons i think this is a mess i don't think it was a good idea but i know who you are and it was actually uh, the thing in the game to where uh, because everyone sort of had a similar relationship to this character, no one was really mad at them, which was fascinating. Huh. Because, okay, like, interesting. Yeah, the Mun even had, Mun being uh, the person who writes the character, even the, she told me, like, she's like, yeah, I, I have these monologues where they were going to yell at the cast, but I couldn't do it because none of them were mad at them. So just, <laughs> it, 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 it was really interesting to just, yeah, like and that was sort of what mirror come out at the end of the game being like you know what like i'm who i am but i realize i don't have to be yeah i don't have to actively avoid people as much as i do and that was something else that i understood about her was that yeah she just wasn't a people person at all like she just yeah didn't I, have i'm kind of yeah, getting for, that impression yeah for rivals or friends and that was interesting to sort of like because yeah you always have people who are like oh i, I don't really have friends i have tools but mira wasn't even really that she's more just like i'm just not gonna interact with people at all so it was interesting for her to sort mm-hmm. of d- 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 develop in that way to where she's like i'm not gonna you know she wasn't like i'm gonna start an orphanage but she's like you know what like i i, I can be a little bit more patient i can have a movie night and hang out with someone sometime like yeah building, rivalries, Aww, good. building relationships yeah it, it was very cute she had some very good dynamics in the game and and that's just what's fun about it it's like being able to discover these things and mm-hmm. just go places that you did not think a character was capable of going at all. Like Mira was actually a character who I originally like, I, I volunteered her to be someone who like left midway through the game, but I was like, no, you know what? I want yeah. her to be there the whole time. Cause this is fun. And it was just <laughs> sort of fun to sort of play that out and experience it and experience her more than I originally planned on. Yeah. I, I, it's always so good to hear about characters that, you know, <laughs> develop past the point where you thought they were going to develop or mm-hmm. go in different ways from what you had intended. Yeah. And another thing I should make, make clear about Mira, as you can probably tell from talking to me, I'm a very silly person. And the thing that I, I like about Mira, and that is sort of like, the thing is, when you're writing a character, a mean character cannot be mean all the time because as a reader or like a role player, be it tabletop or writing, like you have to have a reason to want to interact with someone. Like you have to have some sort of positive reason. If there's a character in Skyrim that's just hundred percent mean all the time, absolute disapproval rating from everyone. Like, will there be players still, like actual humans who are interested in in working with this character? Yes, because that's how people are. 
but in general, they're not gonna like this character that's just mean to everyone all the time. You gotta have you gotta have nuance. <laughs> yeah, so especially in roleplay, my way of sort of bouncing Mira out is she's just a clown. She's very silly, like she, she she's just sarcastic, but not in the mean way, but in the way that I am sarcastic to make myself laugh or a joke. Mm-hmm. She's very much someone to where like she she likes talking like one thing that just happened was she just makes a lot of Scooby-Doo references and honestly just says, let's split up, gang, or says Jinkies in a dramatic moment. <laughs> She's just someone who's like, yeah, very silly. Just Again, just sort of balance out some of the stuff she does just from being a jerk. But yeah, like... My thing with Mira is she's actively funny or me trying to make her funny because I'm like, I want this character to have another side to them. Because again, like, mm-hmm. you have to have some reason when you're writing a mean character for people to interact with them. Also, because yeah, in real life, there are some people who are just mean and completely despicable. You don't want to have anything to do with them. But in most cases, like, yep. yeah, there are, yeah, there are things that these people like about themselves. And the thing Mira think- likes about herself is she thinks she is very funny. <laughs> Which is very true for, you know, a teenager. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Also, yeah, yeah, yeah. And especially for her, any point she's going to be at in her life, because she's always someone who's going to be like, I am extremely confident where I am. I'm fine. And also works well for like anime type <laughs> settings, because those are exaggerated characters and character types in the first place. That's very true. I'm going to send you a... Uh... A thing of Mira that sort of, like, conveys her attitude well. She's just, like, a, a very sassy, very, like, confident-in-your-face person. Will okay. literally, she will constantly make stealing puns. Uh, make hot air balloon puns. Reed has sent me a, I'm gonna call it, like, a Persona-style panel. Yeah, of, a, a cut-in. Uh, uh, yeah, a cut-in of Mira with overlaid text saying, Allow me to steal your moment. Uh, this was drawn by my friend Anya, and it's 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 wonderful. I uh, Mira makes me happy, and yeah, she's just a very she likes puns. She loves puns. It's fun for her to to just make an ass of herself. Mm-hmm. So here's an interesting question: since Mira is a character who, as we've established, um, her kind of main character arc is in learning to value other people. Who, like, what kind of friendships has she developed in in the context of this death game that she found herself in? Mostly rivalries. And that's sort of, like, the way... Okay. But it's interesting in the way that, like, to her, sort of, everything is a rivalry, but there's different levels of it, and that's sort of, like, how much she'll accept that person to her life. And the rivalry is basically because she's very selfish, so it's how she'll compare other people to herself. It's basically, she sees mm-hmm. everyone as a reflection of what she's capable of doing. So, like, uh, there was a social media influencer who was very sort of, like, catty, very peppy. And this was someone to where Mira was sort of, like, almost challenged by being like, this is someone who thinks she can get more attention for herself than I can. But they sort of had, like, this rivalry going on of realizing they were both sort of these people who would at times, like, over-project. And they had this mutual thing of realizing that, you know what, sometimes we can calm down. There was someone else... Who was a mm-hmm. uh, uh, newspaper reporter? Who, who's uh, a report? I'm trying to. What was, what was the, her, her talent? But yeah, uh, they were they were a tabloid reporter. That's what it was, and they were okay. someone. So it was very interesting. Uh, they'd have these fights to win, not literal fights, but they'd have these disagreements to win. Then because this person was a tabloid reporter, they would just straight up lie. Or they'd be like, hey, uh, Mira did this. Mira was really mean to me. And Mira would be like, well, yes, I was very mean to you, but... And it was very interesting <laughs> to see someone who's a rival in terms of, yeah, someone else who was sort of willing to turn things around. And and just her seeing, yeah, her seeing that sort of feisty part of herself in another person. And that was the person that uh, died midway through the game she got very upset about. And there'd be other people Aww. who were just very calm and I, I have a friend of mine who we always joke that our characters, it's not that they don't get along. They just sit on two opposite sides of the rooms, sort of not talking to each other like two kids that have to hang out <laughs> when their parents are having tea. Like, to where it was just someone who was a, uh, uh, he was an informant. So she was very much like, this is someone who's good at doing his job. I don't really care about that. Okay. But you know what? This is someone I can just sort of like share a cup of tea with. Okay. 
and yeah, she's yeah, it's it's just she's looking for other people's yeah, she's looking for reflections. Uh, the things she had going on with the garbage collector was realizing we both have value that we see in things, and like there's something mm-hmm. here I wasn't aware of before. There was a, a pocket watchmaker who was very who was legitimately oh, like nice. very curious about what she did, and Mira's not someone who's like ever dealt with people asking her about herself. So they had this mutual sort Aww. of like curiosity base where she was like, you mean I just get to talk about hot air ballooning and taking treasure? That's awesome. And it was her just not having someone who would actually just like be really interested in her craft. So that was something yeah. she really liked. So it, it was, yeah, it was just her, again, it's sort of a cliche arc, but it was her realizing that, you know what, like there are ways to interact with people without sort of like sacrificing the confident and confrontational ways I have in my I have doing on my own. Yeah, I get that. Mm-hmm. Especially because, yeah. Yeah, yeah, like, when you're causing fights, it's, yeah, yeah, look at the way the world is right now. Like, yeah, sometimes, yeah, it's learning to deal with people without compromising who you are, for better or for worse. Yeah, that, that's very true. And that's especially relevant to, you know, a teen. Yeah, yeah. Especially yeah, because, especially like... Because when you're at that point in your life, especially when you're 19, because that's when you're like, I'm an adult. You're not. You're 19. But that's when you're like, I know exactly who I am. I'm awesome. I'm going to have a great time. I'm confident in everything. And that's what, yeah, and that's a lot that, yeah, Mira, wherever she is, she's going to be cocky. But particularly as a 19-year-old, she's like, I know exactly what I'm doing. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and, and then and, you just go, oh, honey, you've got a big storm coming. Yeah, and you're like, no. Your brain's not fully developed yet. It's fine. Yeah, people don't continue. Yeah, like your brain's still developing until you're 23 years old. And and that's what's fun again about Romp RP is that like, yeah, like she hasn't been in any other games, but like you can apply them again. And you can be like, all right, I'm going to change her. Like at one point I was like, okay, what if she's a bounty hunter now? And then I, I thought about that for a while and I took that out because I'm like, that's not as interesting. Or, or being like, what if, like, uh, at one point she was in the My Hero Academia settings. So like, she had a quirk and everything. Interesting. And it's fun and interesting with uh, OCs in general, not just Rampa, but to uh, take them from setting to setting. Because a lot of my mm-hmm. original characters, I, I feel like it depends, but I got, I got started creating OCs and doing this stuff a lot later than... Not necessarily a lot of people, but a lot of people my age. Because I said, I'm 27. I didn't really get mm-hmm. started in this until I was like 22 or 23. Because, yeah, uh, that's fine. Yeah, because w- what started all was uh, Persona 5 came out. And everyone likes that game. And I was basically like, you know what? <laughs> I want to sort of do a take on this. So I did a tabletop setting for about two years. Uh, where I did my own original setting. On original characters. On original villains. Like for the players. And that's where, like, mm-hmm. still today, a lot of my characters and ideas come from. Because I'm like, I had this NPC who was sort of there for a few sessions, but never really got fully developed, that I still want to take. But yeah, mm-hmm. then at that point, you have to you can take them from different settings. Being like, all right, this is Persona. What if you have someone in Pokemon? What if you have someone in uh, Academia? What if you have someone in Danganronpa? And that's something I, I, I like for Mira, and I just like in general. <laughs> it's fun to... Yeah, again, I'm like, what if she actually was in a game in a full, like, My Hero Academia setting? That would have been really interesting. And just, it's fun to, like, take the same sort of rearing, take the same sort of life situation, but then be like, how is the application different? Yeah, that, that's very true, because when, especially when you have a character that you can put in so many settings, like you've said you've done with Mira, it's mm-hmm. interesting then to see what the, how those settings affect the character's personality and background exactly. and just like the way they act <laughs> yeah like yeah no obviously but yeah her academia backstory was like it was moderately the same but yeah no like she has a superpower there so like it had this whole separate thing of like how she discovered that and how that like influenced uh her interest because in that world like she had basically like she had a power this isn't related to everything but i want to talk about it because it's fun I, I was like i had an idea i was like <laughs> are you familiar with her academia I am, I'm going to say that I am approximately familiar. Okay. Yeah. I, I understand some of the main things. I understand that their superpowers are called quirks and they're yeah. very specific, but sometimes very utilitarian. And I understand that they go to, that they go to school, but it's actually like a real school with like on the job training and stuff. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah. So basically, the, the setup I had was like, she had a quirk that was basically based on the fact that she's full of crap. She had a quirk that I called uh, placebo that was basically like she had whatever powers you think she had. So in, in that setting, when, Interesting. She was, when she was young, she was really, really interested in uh, mythology because it's sort of tied into the idea of like uh, looking at ruins. And she got really into these de- the, these ideas of like uh, mythical creatures and also just like general cool animals. So in that setting, her thing was sort of basically like she told people that she had the abilities to sort of like just do anything that an animal or mythical creature could do. So she had this whole different side to where she was like, she was like, okay, I have this power to where people will believe me, but what's sort of mm-hmm. a way that I can get away with doing whatever I want? Well, by doing uh, mythological creatures or animals. So she had this whole other side where like, she was a big nerd about mythology and the animal kingdom. Cause she was like, yeah, I can, nice. I can do this mythological creature from Chinese folklore. And it was just this different side of her where, yeah, she was they're very interested in yeah just like reading up on things reading up on animals reading up on cultures and mythologies mm-hmm. and yeah and that yeah. and that's a version of her that i haven't done anything with or thought over in like two years but it's still fun like yeah it's yeah. they can be affected in such different ways especially like yeah when you go from something like like persona to danganronpa the same thing being like okay you have this character who's recognized for just one thing, especially as a teenager. Mm-hmm. What does that make them like? How does that affect them? Usually not not, not a positive necrophobe overall, because we all know what we're like when we're teenagers and we're given attention and told we're good at something. Yep. It's just, yeah, I, I, I like, <laughs> I, I have some OCs that I, yeah, I have one OC that was one of my first ones that has been in about every setting I've done. Like she started off, and, like, my friend was doing, like, a very short X-Men game. So, like, she was in X-Men, and then she was in Pokemon, and then she was in uh, Persona, then she was in Danganronpa. I'm someone who very much, like, I struggle sometimes with creating entirely, not creating entirely new ideas, but doing new characters. Because I mm-hmm. have so many I've created as backgrounds already that I'm like, even if you are fully <laughs> developed, I can still take them and use that base into someone who's, like, a more full, cohesive character. So sometimes I just, I don't always create a lot of new people because I'm like, no, I have this very obscure character who I haven't done anything with that I <laughs> got rid of after a session, but now I can write them on their own. I mean, I'd be lying if I said that I'd never done that because I have. So since, uh, since Mira is a treasure hunter by interest and profession, uh, I think we are overdue to ask what is her favorite thing that she's ever Let's call it recovered. Mira is, she's very classic. Like, again, she grew up with, uh, she grew up watching movies. She she grew up in fiction, being a fictional character herself. So I would say for her, it would definitely be just something like, just going to a sunken ship and finding, like, even mm-hmm. if there's only, like, a few jewels or something in there, like, the fact that she was able to scuba dive, like, in the Caribbean or somewhere, that she was able to go all the way down with her own equipment, go into the ship, mm-hmm. and actually find something there. She's, yeah, she's very much someone who likes being rewarded for her efforts. And there's actually uh, another interesting part of her that uh, sort of goes into the idea of uh, her being a silly clown, which is the fact that because of being a treasure hunter and because she goes into all these temples, all these locations around the world... She is mm-hmm. extremely superstitious, which was sort of... I mean, that's a yeah. that's a valid trait for a treasure hunter. Yeah, which for me, I'm sort of proud of myself because I'm like, yeah, I think that's funny. The fact that, yeah, no, like, she's gone to all these places. She's like, I probably set off a curse at some point or something. So, like, she's terrified of the idea of, like, a curse coming after her or ghosts coming after her. Because she's so self-sufficient, she doesn't want to have to deal with something supernatural because she's like, this mm-hmm. is the world I understand. I don't like something having to come after me. So yeah, it's interesting. When, okay, when she yeah, when she has like yeah, probably some amulet that she's gotten from a deep ship, she'd be like, "This is my favorite thing because I had to work for this." And she'd be like, "Yeah, if she really <laughs> likes something, she wouldn't, uh, yeah, she she wouldn't donate that because yeah, to her it's what the history is and what the context of it. So like if it's something at the bottom of a ship, she's gonna find out how that got there, and that's gonna mean something to her." Okay, that's true. It's, it sounds like she's very important or very focused then on the context of things as yes. well as like even more so than like their monetary value. 
Yeah, no, exactly. And that's why it was so interesting with the, the garbage collector. And that, like, yeah, trash, which literally has no value, she would eventually, mm-hmm. like, yeah, in various AUs, she'd, like, if she saw a broken bottle, she'd be like, I am going to collect this for Yam. This is theirs now. Like, she'd, she'd see the value in these things that she hadn't before. Because, yeah, her mm-hmm. value, it's very much, it's perceived. It's what do people generally perceive this as compared to what do I see in this now? Okay, interesting. We're a little bit close on time. So, uh, what... Um, is there anything that you wanted to talk about with Mira that we didn't get a chance to kind of uh, talk about? I think we covered most of it. Just because, again, like my favorite thing about Mira as well as any characters that I write is just, yeah, just the challenge of being flexible. And that's what I like with writing mm-hmm. OCs in general and Danganronpa RP. Just having to be like, yeah, not knowing who someone's going to go up against and being able to just have to write that, have to take that challenge. And that's what I like about Mira, just being someone who's like, yeah, she's not going to change her morals. She's going to like people a little bit more, but she's still going to kind of get in people's way all the time. It's, yeah, mm-hmm. it, it's about her being like, yeah, being like, I know who I am, and that's great. And that's what's interesting to be like, okay, I want her to meet, like, I want her to be challenged. I want there to be people who are going to make her... Yeah, make her feel bored, make her feel like she's having a good time. And just, yeah, it's just, it, it's fun and mm-hmm. important to me to write about, yeah, someone who's a bad person. And yeah, and it's not ever being like, she's a hero. She's completely, fi-. hashtag Mira did nothing <laughs> wrong. Hashtag Mira did many things wrong. <laughs> but yeah, it, it's fun to take a character and not necessarily have to redeem them. And just be like, I am going to yeah. just write about this character's experiences. Yeah. Oh, I just realized something that we didn't talk about. What does her balloon look like? I, I have a picture of this. Uh, it is what my icon is right now. So uh, I'm going to send oh, nice. you this. Yeah, uh, it looks like a giant diamond because she is basically what if Jesse from Pokemon was even meaner. Uh, <laughs> because I, I said this, yeah, I was like, what if her balloon was literally a giant diamond? Nice. So her balloon is literally a giant diamond. See, I was gonna, I was gonna describe it as more chaos emerald and shit. Okay, yeah, yeah, it's a chaos emerald. The cha- you mean the chaos emeralds? Mirror chuckled. Yeah, no, it's it's straight up a chaos emerald. It's a very like cartoonish, like big old shiny diamond. It's it's called yeah. uh, Hoseki. It's like her favorite thing in the world. She loves her balloon. That's one of, like the few physical things that she's like, no, I like this. It's mine. She really likes her balloon. Good. I'm I'm very glad because. It's when you're in a game that it sounds like uh, Danganronpa kind of leads to, mm-hmm. you have to have like the fun character signatures and stuff. Yeah, no, exactly. And yeah, Mirror's also a character who's not really built for angst. Like there are times like <laughs> her and the garbage collector had several moments. Yeah, where she was very upset. But yeah, especially in Rampa, like you have to have the dynamic characters who are sort of, yeah, not going to mm-hmm. literally just cause fights because that's not fun. But people who are going to pop up the dynamic people who are going to be loud people are going to be confident about who they are in a situation where most people would be very not sure about who they are in that moment yeah that's very true gotta go hard or go home yeah that's mirror she wants to go all the way and then buy you the t-shirt and show you that hey i got this t-shirt i went there that's mirror (laughs) that's a very good character synopsis that's a good summary for her she's she, she's she's mean and a clown about it she's yeah mm-hmm. and it's like and, and sometimes it's less even that she's mean but it's more that she's just sort of a jerk and i feel like the, and there is like there's a difference sometimes uh, she, she's not a yeah she's not a manipulative <laughs> she is a manipulative person. yeah basically yeah she's not super mean she's just kind of a jerk again she does leave people at ruins but she's yeah she, she's not sadistic she does it because she's mm-hmm. confident in herself and she thinks she's very funny. Sometimes she is, sometimes she's not. <laughs> uh, I, I'm very glad to hear that, Reed. Yeah. And this is probably as good of a seg as we're ever going to get into uh, the last question uh, for today, which is, why do you love Mira so much? Mira's just fun to me. There, there are many different types of OCs. People write for different reasons. People do tabletop for different reasons. Uh, very and I true. Do too. Very true. Like, there's some characters where you want to experience a certain emotion. You want to be like, "Here's a serious story I have to tell," or be like, "Here's an arc." For me, Mirror's just someone who's fun. It's just I like her because mm-hmm. she's fun. 
she's dynamic she's high energy she likes puns she's just yeah it's sort of like (laughs) she's a strong character people always say like you can drop daffy duck anywhere and you can instantly have something that's entertaining and that's what's sort of fun about a character like mira i'm very confident in just putting her somewhere and being like you know what this is gonna be great She's going to talk about balloons. And it's just also fun to me just to be like like this very bombastic person. She just really likes hot air balloons, which is such just, it's a very <laughs> specific interest that it's got because I was listening to an episode. I was like, you know what? I'm going to look into this. I'm going to make this her thing. <laughs> uh, that, that is just such a funny anecdote. Yeah, no, it, it, it's, yeah, yeah, no, because that's where it came from, because I had her, but then that was something that really helped tie her together, realizing that, okay, yeah, she's not going to advertise she's the treasure hunter, she's going to fly balloons, and that's how she does what she does. Nice. Yeah, no, I'm saying, this is a lot of fun, Christina, thank you a lot for having me on. Yeah, thank you so much for coming on today, Reed. I, I know that I enjoyed hearing about Mira, and I'm betting that everyone else did, too. I hope people did. Uh, I talk fast, but there's a lot of a lot of things to cover for Mira. So, hey, wanted to thank everyone here. Yeah. So this is the part of the podcast where uh, you get to shout out stuff and promote things. So where would you like to send people to? Where would you like to be found on the Internet? Uh, I am 27, which means I kind of slightly missed the boat on getting Twitter. I actually uh, I don't really have a Twitter. I don't have. Yeah, I don't really have anything I'd like to promote. Uh, okay. I'm, I'm just sort of like I'm just sort of like floating in the void. Honestly, valid. It's very valid. <laughs> All right, thank you again, Christina. This was really fun. I had a good time. Yeah, you're welcome. The Home for Rabbit OCs is a part of the Corner Podcast Network. It can be found through Acast and also your local podcasting platform of choice. If we're not there, let me know, and I will work on getting there. Our theme song is Violet by Pottington Bear, courtesy of the Free Music Archives. New episodes come out on the second and fourth Mondays of the month. If you'd like to get in touch with us, we can be found on Twitter at WaywardOCPod or through the WaywardOCPod hashtag. And you can also email us at WaywardOCPod at gmail.com. And I do have, at this point, a pretty good stable of uh, guests built up. But if you are interested in being on the show, do not let that deter you. Please send in your OC ideas. Um... I'm trying to generally go in chronological order, but if you've got an OC that you really want to talk about for Valentine's Day, hit me up. Um, And uh, relevant to uh, the Corner Podcast Network, if listeners, you would be interested in participating in a Discord server for podcasts from the network. So this show, The Home for Rabbit OCs, as well as Loser Like Me, Faithful, and Not If I Reboot You First, uh, please tweet at me or email me because uh, Tanner and I are kind of sourcing interest to see if people are interested in uh, having a Discord server specifically to talk about stuff relating to our shows. So uh, now is when I would normally do my uh, current events blast. But since we are now in 2021... Um, my, my list of, uh, shout outs slash directions to y'all is just please continue to, you know, wash your hands and wear your mask. I, I completely understand, you know, the fatigue of <laughs> the fatigue of having done this for 10 months, um, coming up on a year, but please, please y'all keep at it. Wearing a mask and distancing and washing your hands are the best tools that we have to uh, help uh, to to help keep both yourself and your loved ones and everyone else around you safe from uh, COVID. So please continue to do that. Um, and because at least the northern hemisphere, the northern hemisphere is uh, currently in winter time. So uh, if you have uh, some spare cash. Uh, or funds available, I would encourage you all to donate to uh, your local um, to local charities or mutual aid funds, especially ones that help uh, people who are unhoused or, or people who are in need in you know winter, like uh, your local food pantry and stuff. Uh, and of course, this is a podcast, so it's always incredibly helpful if you can rate and review us on your listening platform of choice, because that helps us to find a wider audience and to brighten more people's days. So. Thank you all for listening. This has been the Home Poirier with OCs, and we hope you enjoyed your stay.
All right. Yeah, I should probably have a thing of water, but I'm, I'll be fine. Okay. If you, if you want to get one, you are welcome to. Yeah. Actually, give me a moment. I'm going to get a cup of water. Yeah, no sweat. Go Don't for it. Don't eat my headphones, Tutu. You're not allowed. <laughs> The Mona Lisa, the Hope Diamond, the sarcophagus of King Tutankhamun. Humanity has accumulated hundreds upon hundreds of priceless artifacts and treasures, each one the physical embodiment of a certain time and place. But for all of humankind's greatest achievements, we also kind of suck. For every priceless painting on display in the Louvre, there is another masterpiece stolen and bartered off in an underground auction, or even collecting dust in your grandmother's attic. Each week, Relic, the Lost Treasure podcast, explores the strange, but mostly true, tales behind history's greatest lost treasures. If you like unsolved mysteries and true crime, with maybe a little less murder, but certainly a few weird deaths, then you should come along on the journey. Join me, Maxwell, as I dig beneath the couch cushions of history. You can find Relic on iTunes, or stream us at relic.blueberry.net. That's blueberry without the E's. Adventure awaits.